Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Hello, everyone. It is a very happy Wednesday because I am wearing my Swifty shirt that my daughter Ella got for me with her allowance money. You can't see it, obviously, but it's baby blue, and it says Swifty in really cute writing, and I love it. And um, I think it's funny because I got tickets to the era's concert, and then Ella didn't want to go because she said that it was too loud. So I took Ronnie Stover, our director from administration, and we had the most fabulous time. And Ella's now sad she didn't go. So I have to try to figure out how we can go next time. But anyway, it was great. And I'm wearing my Swifty shirt. So I'm in a great mood and I'm happy to be here with you guys. So generational issues at work. This is a very interesting topic. Now, I want to, of course, fully disclose I am not an organizational psychologist or sociologist. I'm not in any way a guru in this area. But what I do know is we have three generations of employees working at our law firm, and we all see things a little bit differently. And I think that generational perspective is something that we really need to give a little more thought to in terms of how do different generations, I think we actually have four generations, if I think about it, how do different generations solve problems, communicate? Right. So today, this is just so apropos. We have a new lawyer who's great. She's what I call a baby lawyer, and that is not a pejorative term. She's a new lawyer. We're very happy to have her. She evidently sent me an email two days ago and asked me to review something. So any of you who work with us know that I literally have, I get hundreds of emails a day. I do my best to try to sift through them, but I don't always get back right away, usually within 24 hours. I try to do it sooner. And if anybody really needs me for an emergency, you should text me or call me, right? So she evidently sends me this email. I don't respond to it because I didn't get it and it didn't have an exclamation point and I've been working night and day on projects and I just didn't notice it. So today she... I walk in the, the office and she says, oh, Jen, you know, don't forget we have to review those documents. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot about it. And she said, well, I sent you another email. And I looked at her and I said, well, that's great. But if I didn't see the first email, I probably didn't see the second email. So how about you call me? Oh, well, would you like me to text you? Yeah, I, I, sure. You can text me, too. This generation doesn't want to pick up the phone. I mean, by the way, we are here every day together, two offices away from each other, okay? And she's lovely, and I love her. She's amazing. But it's just the funniest thing. Like, I will just get out of my seat and go down there and say, hey, what about this? But it, but I get an email or a text. I'm like, no, pick up the phone and say, Jen, I sent you an email. You have to review this document, and I need it right now. Okay, great. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you told me. I'm on it. That is a generational issue. I wasn't raised with texting and emails, right? I mean, when I got my first lawyer job, I still had a little pink message 
pad thingy that my secretary had and she would write notes to me and the receptionist would leave me notes. So when I went out to lunch and came back into the office, there would be a little list of pink things. So I would get those little memos, right? You know, the little pink telephone pad. And that's how I would know that somebody needed me, whether internal or external. Now we have email and voicemail and texting. And often I will get an email and a voicemail and a text about the same issue. Jen, I wanted to text you about this, but I also emailed you and I left you a voicemail. I get it. When you need to talk to your lawyer, you need to talk to your lawyer. But it's a generational issue, right? So we have to figure out how are we going to work together? Now I've learned with our clients to ask, how do you want me to communicate with you? What do you prefer, right? Let me know if something isn't working for you. So there are all sorts of those kinds of issues. I had a client um, who we've worked with for 20 years. We've sort of grown up together and she works for a large organization and they wanted to do some team building and they have a young manager, maybe 35 or so in this one particular department. So his idea was let's go rafting. We've got the American river and the Sacramento river right here. Couldn't be more amazing for rafting. Let's go and let's have a rafting trip. Well, he has employees between the ages of 19 and 72 on his team. Many of them don't want to go rafting, not because there's anything wrong with rafting. They're worried that they can't get in the boat. They can't get out of the boat. What's going to happen if it, if it overturns? Who knows? So although rafting is a fabulous idea, he forgot to take a step back and think about, all right, who's on my team? What is a team building activity we can do that will be inclusive, that everybody will be able to do? Very important generational issue. Um, Deborah, my assistant, is my age, um, maybe a little older, and she has a very strong work ethic. So it doesn't matter what she has going on. She focuses on her work. She wants to get her work done and she likes to work early and she wants to come in even before she's supposed to start work. Okay. So I usually tell people, Hey, don't come to work before you're ready to start. Cause I don't want you to get tempted to pick up a piece of paper or look at an email or answer the phone. That's not how Deb works. By the way, that's not how I work. That's not how my mom works. Generationally, right? We like to come early. I've noticed folks in later generations, they're not late, but they come right on time, right? They don't need to come to work early to have their coffee or tea. They'll do that at home. So I had to figure out with Deb, okay, Deb, you can come early, but you can't work right? Like I'll set your schedule as early as possible, which we have her on a much earlier start than everyone else. But I can't have you starting here at five o'clock in the morning because otherwise your day gets too short, right? And then you're not here in the afternoon when I need you. But let's be flexible. Let's figure out what works for you. That is your work style. That is what's important to you. Get here early, get it done. You like working when other people aren't here, which I can totally identify with. You get a lot more done. Now, the danger of having a conversation about generational differences is stereotyping, right? Not every person who's my age, 57 years old, wants to come to places early. Not every millennial only likes using um, texting or emailing. So I always worry about having these kinds of conversations because we're all individuals, we're all human beings, and I don't want you painting anybody with a broad brush. 
But I do want you to understand that because of how we were raised, because of things that are important to us, the different generations have different expectations about the workplace. And there's all sorts of, I mean, millions of articles written on this, right? You know, the kids who got a trophy for playing soccer actually, rather than winning, right, actually need more and want more feedback in the workplace. They want to know how they're doing regularly, which is, of course, a great practice. We should be doing that. But you need to understand that if you have kids between, you know, 20, 30 years old, they want regular feedback, regular input about what they're doing well, what they need to be doing better. It's just how they were raised. It's it's what is important to them. And again, I know some of you right now are probably chafing because you're thinking these are stereotypes. I know they are, but they're also generalities that have some basis in reality, Okay, so as an HR professional or a business owner, you've got to be able to think about, okay, what is making people tick? What things are important? When I was younger and a new lawyer, money meant everything to me because I had huge student loan debt. So I wanted to take a job that I wanted, of course, but the highest paying job I could because I owed more than $150,000 in student loans between undergraduate and law school. So as much as I would have loved to have taken a job at a district attorney's office or a public defender's office or for a city attorney, I couldn't afford to do that. I had to take a job where I could make more money. And I loved every firm I've worked with. I've loved working there. I've learned so much. It's been great. Now, I've also loved having my own firm since 2006, where we get to sort of run things the way we want. But I've had wonderful experiences at all of the law firms I've worked at. What I think is important is to realize that was my own perspective. Like I didn't have, there weren't programs at the time where you could get loan repayments if you worked in the public sector, for example. Those were just starting to be evaluated when I was graduating from law school. So that may be a generational issue. It may be a personal issue. I know that um, a big generational issue right now that candidates talk to us about is they think they won't be able to afford to buy a house and they want to know you know, does the firm help with that in any way? Are there programs that we have? It's a great question, right? We're always looking at trying to come up with new programs and new ideas that make our employees happy. And these are things that this current generation that's just entering the workforce and looking at buying houses and that sort of thing, they have a much different perspective because houses are relatively so much more expensive compared to how much money they can earn that it's tough unless they have parental support or, you know, an uncle somewhere who can give them a leg up. It's, it's hard to do. So I think it's worth reading on these generational differences and similarities, right? Reading about what makes us tick. It's important, especially if you're in a work environment like I am, where you have a number of different generations, right? We've got people from 19 to I don't know, 66, 67 maybe. So we've got a lot of different generations and we've got to learn to work with them in a collaborative and cooperative way. And it's not always obvious because remember, we see the world through our lenses. 
We see the world the way we see the world. It can be very hard to walk that mile in somebody else's shoes, right? To see the world and think about the world from another perspective. And with all the focus we have on DEI right now and and having a diverse workplace and bringing diverse perspectives, I don't want the generational issue to get lost because I think generational differences and similarities are just as important as many of the other categories and classifications that we think about when we're talking about having a diverse workplace. So talk to people, ask them what's important to them, find out. Again, I don't want you relying on stereotypes, but they may be a good place to start, to start that dialogue, to have the discussion, to really understand in your organization what matters to people. I had someone who left the firm a couple of years ago say to me, well, I've been here for three years, Jen. I think it's time for me to move on. What? You're amazing. I I want you to be here. Is something wrong? Are we doing something that's making it hard for you to succeed? Is there something we could be doing differently? No, I just feel like it's time for me to move on. Okay, that's a generational issue. Generations like mine and the baby boomers, we would like to be, for the most part, in one place, be able to stay there the whole time. If we're happy and they're treating us well and we're doing a good job, we don't want to leave. And that's just a difference. So now when I interview, I let people know, look, I know you may be thinking of this as a pit stop, but I want you to think of it as an opportunity for you to learn and grow. I'm not promising you a job for life, and you certainly don't have to promise me you want to be here for life, but you should think about it as a way to gain the skills that you want and that you don't necessarily need to take somewhere else. Because we all know, right? Be selfish. You've got a good employee who's been with you for three years and you like them and you think they like you and they're doing good work. You don't want them to leave. Let them know it's okay not to. Because there is a thought, especially in Gen X for whatever reason, that I need to be able to move on. I'm only going to be somewhere for a couple of years and then I need to move. So bottom line is there are experts far more brilliant than me who can tell you what each generation is focused on, how to motivate them in the workplace, how to get them to commit in the workplace, how to work with them collaboratively. All of those issues are really important. Do some homework. This has not been a sexy issue for a long time. So I think for some of us, it sort of ended up in the back of the um, the bus, right? At the, at the bottom of the list in terms of what we want to prioritize. But it is important. You've got to know and think about each of your employees as individuals. What is important to them? And there may be some similarities based on generations. There may be some differences, but you need to figure out what they are. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us here today. Go out and listen to a Tay-Tay song today. I love Taylor Swift. She's amazing. I know she's getting a lot of press right now. I'm tired of the boyfriend thing. But anyway, go have a great day, everybody. Talk to you soon. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.